Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I want to speak for a few moments today on God's radical strategy. God's radical strategy. You know, God is not random. He is sovereign. Therefore, He does nothing and nothing just happens. He is very strategic in timing. Very strategic how things unfold moving us toward eternity God has a radical strategy to bring awakening to the nations I want to begin in Matthew chapter 9 verse 35 and it says there was Jesus was going through all of the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed. They were dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. Now we're going to jump to chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave to them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And if you go on into verse 2, it says, Now the names of the 12 apostles. I want you to just circle that if you're writing your Bible. I want you to circle in verse 1, he called them 12 disciples. And then in verse 2, he called them 12 apostles. And in verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Let me be the first this morning, my Fresh Start Revival family, to welcome you to a new dimension. Oh, you don't even know it yet. Some of you don't even know it yet. Some of you don't understand. You see, worship seems a little hotter. Worship seems a little sharper. It seems that there's something else in this house that wasn't here a few weeks ago. Whether you realize it or not, you're in a new dimension. Well, I don't know how I got there. Well, some of you grew there. Some of you got drugged in there. But I'm telling you, this morning, you're standing in a new dimension. In the name of Jesus, you can be seated this morning. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to a new dimension. I felt the Lord speak that to me a few weeks ago. He said, welcome to a new dimension. Because I was praying about the next dimension. And the Lord said, it's not next, it's new. 
You're not waiting on it. You're in it. What does this dimension look like? It looks like visible manifestations in harvest. Please remember, we don't just go from dimension to dimension. We grow from dimension to dimension. And so apparently we have been growing in revival. We have been growing in the things of God and the ways of God. This is important in revival that you grow. Our text this morning reveals to us two characteristics of the ministry of Jesus. One is visible manifestations and the other is harvest. And the reason this is important to us today here at Fresh Start Church is because Jesus is revival personified. If you really want to see revival in its full-blown maturity, look at the ministry of Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. And when a church moves into full-blown revival, then you will see the things that Jesus did. You will see those things beginning to be done. When I was looking at the text, I noticed there in in, in verse 1 of chapter 10, that Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirit. To cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Then he named them the 12 apostles. What I want you to see here to get us started today is a dimension shift. They shifted, the disciples shifted from discipleship to apostleship. Simply put, they went from just being followers to being sent. And the catalyst for this was authority. They had been following Jesus as disciples. They had been watching Jesus heal the sick, deliver the bound, They've been watching the anointing and the authority that he spoke with and he taught with and he preached with. And then Jesus all of a sudden calls them to himself, releases authority into them. We understand this word authority here is exousia. It means a jurisdiction. It means power of government. It means judicial decisions. You see, when he gave them authority, he was giving them jurisdiction in the earth. He was giving them the power of government. He was giving them uh, the, the, the authority to make judicial decisions. 
So if you're struggling with this whole taking territory thing and you're struggling with praying with authority and you're struggling with praying with America and you're struggling, who do they think we are? We are simply people who have been given authority. And I really believe that we're in the midst of this dimension shift. We're experiencing this dimension shift. And God is not only bringing us to the place of greater discipleship, but he's shifting us into the place of apostolic authority. You see, I I am very convinced that, that some satanic territorial spirits and territories will never be penetrated Unless visible signs and wonders are manifested to confront demonic forces and powers. These powers today hold the harvest hostage. You see, it's not really about land, land. It's really about the people that possess the land. When you take a territory, you, 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 you can take a region and you can take literal places. And, 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 but, but really, before you take places, you got to take people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Satan is struggling to hold on to what never was his. You just need somebody to walk in that land. And walk in that territory and take authority. Begin to make judicial decisions. Begin to work as a power of government. The, le- the, the ecclesia. I really believe that we're in a strategic time. Not just in Fresh Start Church, but in the church at large. Because unfortunately, we have, we have stepped into such a dependency upon hierarchy. The hierarchy of the church or the hierarchy of the kingdom, fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers I believe way too much of the church is waiting on the five-fold ministry to rise up and begin to move the church forward and I am a strong believer in the five-fold ministry matter of fact I believe it so much I believe that they're even strategically put in order not as of importance, but they're poured in order because you need an apostle and a prophet to break things open and to push the church forward. You need evangelists that once something is broken open, governmental authority is established, then you need a real evangelist to come in and evangelize and release the gift of evangelism. Not somebody that travels to make a living preaching in churches. 
Not somebody that's an elegant speaker, therefore, they, they, they travel from church to church and they're in great demand because they have a strong speaking gift or even a strong altar gift. No, I'm talking about somebody that has the gift of an evangelist where they live and they breathe souls, 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 souls. Even so much, it irritates them to have to go to a church. And then you obviously have pastors and teachers, and pastors and teachers bring in the, the depth of the word, and they bring in pastoral care, and so they really cover discipleship. There's a reason the evangelist is in between the apostle and the prophet and, and, and the pastor and the teacher. It's because you've got to have somebody in there that's going to reach out and literally bring in the harvest. Yes? I'm a strong believer in the five-fold ministry. I really am because we understand that our main objective as a five-fold ministry is, is to equip, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? But not only am I a strong believer in the five-fold ministry, I am also a strong believer in the priesthood of the believer. What is that? Five-fold ministry many times are full-time in ministry so they can uh, function in their office. But when you talk about the priesthood of the believer, that means every believer has the same authority, the same power, the same abilities and anointings to do the work of the ministry. It didn't say equip them so you can do the work of the ministry. It said equip them so they can do the work of the ministry. Now, the last time I checked, and I could be wrong on this, but it probably not much. The last time I checked, only 5% of the church was fully employed in full-time ministry. Therefore, that means 95% of the church 95% of the saints are to be equipped or should be being equipped by 5% of the ministry. I ask you a question in sincerity. Who is going to change the world? Do you think 5% has such strong anointings and giftings that God put everything in 5% and said they are going to rock the world, bring revival and stir awakening? I don't think so. I think it's the other 95% who may never get paid a dime but understand who they are and what they carry and are ready to release awakening in the earth. This is God's radical strategy. You see, I, 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 I've been speaking pretty plainly to the five-fold since I am one. And that five-fold ministry, the five-fold, we must stop, stop trying to be the catalyst while we start equipping the catalyst for awakening. We need the fivefold ministry to rise up. Yes, we do. But we also need the priesthood of the believer to be released. 
You see, the concept, the teaching of the priesthood of the believer has a lot, lot to it, but, but basically it means as a believer, just a believer. Forget offices, forget callings, forget giftings. Just a believer has an anointing. And it was brilliantly, brilliantly named the believer's anointing. Every believer has one. We have an anointing because we have the anointed one on the side of us. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. You guys are smart. You know Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's his title, the anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. He declared himself, I am anointed. I am anointed. Jesus carried the anointing on him. Jesus was anointed. And he was anointed, we understand, in three offices or three roles. The prophet, the priest, and the king. So Jesus carried the anointing of a prophet, of a priest, and of a king. What does that mean? That means because he is on the inside of you. He is in you and you are in him. That you also are anointed as a prophet and a priest and a king. You are. You don't got to find somebody to put their hand on you. You can put your hand on yourself because you have the anointing of a prophet, a priest, and a king. You see, revival, I'm going to come back to that, but revival turns the priesthood of the believer into a spiritual juggernaut. How do you know that? Because I was just praying one morning and I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm turning my church into a spiritual juggernaut. I didn't, I, I didn't, what, what in the world is that? See, a juggernaut is something that is huge, powerful, and an overwhelming force. Oh, get ready, because when revival comes to the church, when revival comes to a church, when revival comes to a man, and revival comes to a woman, they become a spiritual juggernaut. They, in the spirit realm, they are huge, powerful, and they are an overwhelming force to the spirits of darkness. 1 John 2.20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you all know, in verse 27, he goes on. And for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Now after the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where himself was going to come. Watch this. This is really the same story that I read to you in Matthew 9 and 10. But here we see not only did he anoint 12, but he anointed and gave authority to 70. And what I want you to see with this, it says that, 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 that now after this, the Lord appointed 70. So I want you to understand this as the body of Christ, as the saints. That you're anointed, but you also are appointed. 
Because I said God does nothing random and anointing is not random. Because there's the believer's anointing that we all possess because Christ, the anointed one, is in us. But there's also an appointed anointing. A more specific anointing. Anointing that is tied to your gift, your calling, your destiny, and your purpose. The whatever God has called you to do. Not what you've called yourself to do, but what God has called you to do. Man, I'd really like to be able to sing and get up here and just join these guys and help them out. They look like they're struggling sometimes. I think, you know, I could probably really help them. Oh, you thought the same thing. But I know better because I know that's not my gifting. That's not my calling. No, no, no. And so I can get up there and do that. And I can still have my believer anointing kind of helping me get through. But I'm not going to help the situation out at all. Why? Because that's not my gifting. I don't really have an I don't have an But I know what I am anointed to do. I'm going to know to pro- provoke the religious, stir up the saints, terrify the devil. Somebody say yes. So you got to find your anointing. You got to stay in it. Too many people out of the anointing. They're out of their. They're out of their appointment. You got to find what your appointment is and get in the. Hey, 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 hey! Stop trying to find somebody else's appointment. Get your own appointment. Some of you are late. You're late for your appointment. Don't worry about it. You already got the anointing for it. If you can find it and get in it, you are going to be a spiritual juggernaut. And I love this because he said, listen, you're appointed 70 of you others, which means it's other than the 12, 70 others, and sent them in pairs ahead. That's a good thing because we're always better with others. Nobody is appointed and anointed all by yourself. I don't care how gifted you are. You better have some good people around you. People think I'm smarter than I really am. That's because I got a lot of smart people around me. You didn't have to get so excited about that. Standing in agreement with it and all that stuff and throwing your hanky at me and all that. So watch, because they were appointed, they were anointed, and they were appointed to do what? To go to cities and places. Wherever Jesus was getting ready to go to, he sent the 72 by 2. He sent them out. He sent them out. They shifted their dimension, changed from, from being a disciple to being an apostle. Don't let the word apostle mess you up. Apostle in its pure form simply means a sent one on a mission. One sent on an assignment. That's why you can have an apostolic anointing and you don't have to put the title on your door to your office that says I'm apostle so-and-so. Anytime you got to put apostle on a card and a sign and on a a website, you better run because they probably ain't no apostle. They don't even understand what apostle means. Paul said an apostle is the servant of all and is the scum of the earth. 
Many people think if you're an apostle, you get to ride around in this limousine, get out on red carpet, and everybody brings you your favorite water and make sure you have your favorite microphone. Don't even try that up in here, baby. I don't have time that. I don't have time. That ain't what the five-fold ministry's for. They need to rise up and begin to equip. Yes. So they were sent to cities and places. Watch this. Why? To shift the atmospheres. With apostolic authority and anointing. How did they do that? Before Jesus came. Before Jesus got there. Obviously, Jesus can shift any atmosphere he wants. From any place he wants. He didn't have to have them do that for him. He's Jesus, the anointed one. All other anointings come from him. Like he needs you and me to go before him to open up an atmosphere. My God is Jesus. What he wanted was to, to release, to raise up and to release 70 and a 12 and get them to go before him. Not because he could not do it, but because he wanted to watch them do it. So the 70 went, they went before him. And how did they shift the atmosphere? Because they preached like a prophet. Prayed like a priest and took territory like a king. We need preachers back in America again that preach like prophets. Enough of this, your best life now. Enough of this, get saved and everything will be okay. Enough of this and you'll never have any problems. Enough of this and every dream you've ever had will come true. We need preachers that preach like prophets, that have walked into the message room of the king, heard his voice and come out. This is what God is saying to his people. Repent. Many priests that pray. People that pray like priests. People that know what it means to press into the very tangible presence of God. And once you get there, cry out for the land. Those that no longer look for his hand, but look for his face and pray for mercy on our nation. Our nation needs mercy. The nations need mercy. A priest knows that his highest responsibility is not just to get into the presence, but to get there on behalf of the people. Oh, we need those that pray like priests. And listen to me. I'm trying to establish this thing in this house that we understand. It's not just an idea. It's not just exciting. It's a, please, please understand that we, we, we need to start taking territory like kings. 
This is how a king expends the kingdom. He takes more land. He doesn't just hold on to the land that he has. He takes land. We have a wonderful place. It's pretty nice. We, we got pretty nice territory. We could come in here week after week after week and just keep doing what we're doing, what we're doing, what we're doing. And it would be awesome and it would be great. But understand, that's not what the one that is anointed with a kingly anointing does. One that is anointed with a kingly anointing says, I want to make sure that I get every ounce of land that my king wants. I'm going to make sure this kingdom is always expanding. This kingdom is always moving. This kingdom is always growing. We're taking territory. Like I told you, because territory isn't just literal land it's the people on the land if you want to shift the spiritual atmosphere of a region you got to shift the spiritual atmosphere in the people in that region this is God's radical strategy can you imagine He's looking over a harvest that is beaten, bruised, and demoralized, and hopeless, broken, bound. He looks at his 12, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth workers. Yes, Jesus, Lord, send forth workers. And he called them to himself. You get ready to have a dimension shift. You shifted from revival. You've been living with it, eating with it, drinking with it. Here is shift to awakening. He called them to himself. We don't really know what happened, but if you follow biblical history and precedent, the king called his servants. And most likely he commissioned them and lay hands on each one of them. I give you power and authority. I give you power and authority. I give you power and authority. There God, man, this is awesome. I give you power and authority. Jesus, what's this for? It's to go. I, I can't go. I got to build a website first. I got to make sure I get everything in order. I, I, I've got to get my, 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 what do you call those things? Oh, I don't even know. I'm, I'm so uncool. <laughs> what are those things everybody's doing these days? No. Podcast. I kept wanting to say iPod. And they're like, no, that's not right. At least I was cool enough to know that wasn't right. You got to give the man a little credit. Oh, I can't go yet. I got to get my podcast up and running. I got to make sure I can get subscriptions. I got to make sure I get the right algorithm on there. So I can get the most hits. So I can get the most listens. Oh my God. Apostle Paul would be having a heart attack right now. He said, are you kidding me? I've been beaten. I've been left for hunger. I have been stranded, shipwrecked, imprisoned. 
fasting. And I've been it all. I've been through it all. And we're saying, I can't go yet. I've got to get my podcast up. No, he said, you're not anointed. You are anointed to cast out devils. You are anointed to heal the sick. You are anointed to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Now go, 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 go. So when you look at this, it's it's quite interesting. Because it's very clear. That Jesus has delegated his power and authority to heal, to preach, and to deliver through his name. The first, the, the first it was the 12. Then it was the 70. And then this ministry that they received from Jesus, they carried it on into the book of Acts. And they continued, the apostles did. Ministering in Jesus' power, his authority. Acts 5.42 says, And the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people. Acts 4.30, it said, And while, this this was an apostolic prayer, so while you extend your hands to heal, signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So the picture, when you bring these two scriptures together and you lay chapter four on chapter five, then you see God stretching out his hand, God extending his hand out of the realms of heaven, the seat of authority at the right hand of the father. He's stretching out his hand. And when he stretches out his hand, he stretches out his hand through the hands of the apostles. And now they are stretching out their hands. And when they stretch out their hands, there are signs, there are wonders, there are miracles. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? This is the radical plan of God. This is the radical strategy of God that he would have a people in the earth even though we understand they, 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 they failed, they fell and many of them dysfunctioned. God said you are my chosen. I called you to myself. I'm not looking for somebodies. I'm just looking for anybody. You may even be a nobody that I can stretch out my hand through that will be a conduit of power. I'm telling you power Power's getting ready to be released, but it's not going to be like you think it is because it's not going to be like it has been. It's going to be through a remnant of revival, hungry people. So, so clearly, 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 the apostles are, are, are not able to preach and pray and deliver in their own authority and power but through Jesus' delegated authority. But at the same time, we need to hear this. Jesus himself personally, personally, is not healing the sick and delivering the bound or preaching the gospel. He was doing it through the hands and the voices of those whom he gave authority to do it. 
those who had been authorized and deputized to do so. And then he sent them out. Look over in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents and if any drink, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord, watch this, the Lord Jesus had spoken to them. He was received into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out preaching everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by signs following. I think the first thing worth noting here is that they were not following signs. Signs were following them. Why is the body of Christ so consumed? Seeking and following after those who we look at and we say they have the anointing. They have the gifting. They're doing miracles in their ministry. So I will follow after them. It never says those who believe will follow after them. It said those that believe will have signs following after them. Somehow we got this thing flipped around and it's backwards. And the church is suffering because of it. Because we got a handful of people, literally, the five-fold ministry that we think ought to be doing this. When really the body of Christ ought to be doing this. Every genuine believer ought to have signs following them. Somebody say yes. So with all that said, then it, I, it's, I don't believe it is unreasonable to see that Jesus and the apostles, to see them as co-workers. It's, it's, really, it's really pretty simple to understand. Our Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 1, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to... Receive God's grace in vain. As God's co as those that work with God. Do not. Do not. Receive grace. Grace in this, in, in this scripture is not, not just unmerited favor. It's empowerment to do. A, an empowering Grace. He said, you've been given a grace. You've been given an empowering grace. Your co-labors with God. Don't waste it. Don't waste it just thinking it's always somebody else that's going to get the miracle. It's always somebody else that's going to preach the message of salvation. 
It's always somebody else that's going to lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's always going to be somebody else that prays in other tongues. It's always going to be somebody else that dances on the head of the serpent. It's always going to be somebody else. I've come to tell you, you are anointed and you are appointed. I've come to tell you, do not waste. Do not waste. Do not waste. I urge you, do not take in vain the mercy of God that is upon you. To in grace of God that is upon you. To empower you to do the work of the ministry. It's, 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 I'm a simple man. It's simple. You know, if I was to give a credit card to Matt, which is always dangerous, You know, facility guys and sound guys, they always need something, and it is never cheap. You know, we need a $50,000 air conditioner, Pastor. Oh, you know, we need a $50,000 something on the sound. I don't know. But if I was to give Matt the credit card, so Matt, I need you to run up to Lowe's, and I need you to get some supplies. Here's the church credit card. Matt takes the credit card. And stays in the church and dances around. I got the credit card. I got the credit card. I'm authorized. Pastor gave me the credit. Believe me, he would do it. I got the credit card. I got the credit card. And he's so happy about having the credit card that he forgets to take the credit card and goes to Lowe's and gets the supplies. And pays for it with my credit card because I authorize him to do it. You understand that? It's the same concept in the kingdom. God's given us his authority. We have the credit card. We have the credit card. If the enemy says, I don't want to give it up, you got to give it up. Here's the credit card. Take it. Take it. It's paid in full already. Paid in full already. Here it is. The one that authorizes this credit card gave me the permission to come here. And so I got in my truck and I drove up here and you got to give me the stuff. You got to give me the stuff now because here's the credit card. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. That's why, that's why, that's why it does us no good to sing about it. It does us no good to shout about it. It does us no good to thank God about it. Somewhere along the way, we got to take the authority and march into the realm of hair and say, give it up. Give up my babies, give up my children, give up my marriage, give up my money, give up my job, give up my career. Give it up. Give up this land. Give up my country. Ain't nobody has the authority to tell him to do it, but the blood-bought, redeemed, ecclesia. Yes. So Jesus, the head of the church, is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. While the church, the body of Christ, is in the earth. And we are fully authorized to preach like a prophet. Pray like a priest. And take territory like a king. But church, we must do our part in the end time harvest. 
We are anointed for such a time as this. Darkness is creeping in over our nation. It's creeping in over our harvest. I can't do anything about the harvest of the last generation. I can't do anything about the harvest of the next generation. But my harvest... prophet Isaiah chapter 60 verse 42 arise and shine your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you for behold the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people not only shall this planted be covered in darkness but the people but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Many have resigned themselves to defeat in this recent deluge of darkness. But I ask you, is this God's end time expectation? I don't believe so. Even though the darkness is prowling around us, we are not powerless. Somebody needs to hear that. Even though the deep darkness seems to be coming up on us, we are not powerless. We are not powerless. We are not powerless. You see, you have to understand God's been working. God's been working. God is not caught by surprise. God is preparing to move with a powerful revival remnant. God is preparing to move. I said with a powerful revival remnant. You see, we are alive, church, for such a time as this. We are in one of the most strategic hours of human history. And this, this ought to make us understand that our strategic assignment is a matter of urgency. What God has anointed this house to be and what God has mantled this house to become. It is so urgent right now because there needs to be light moving into the darkness. There needs to be those that understand they can open up their mouth and their words become fire and when the fire of their declaration hits the darkness it shatters we are not here by accident we are here on assignment See, biblical revival in human history support the conclusion that God has created men and women to meet the challenges of their generation in which they are born.
We know our Bible. We see the emergence of prominent prophets and judges and kings. They led, as they led Israel in the times of revival, challenging them in the times of apostate, encouraged them in the times of adversity, and lived in prosperity and in war. In church history, in the times of revival, the Holy Spirit has irrevocably anointed key people to be human catalysts for transformation. Whatever God desired to do in his church and society, he would send men and women chosen by God. And Evan Roberts, an anointed man of God, who sparked the Wales revival, that never wanted to be in the spotlight, would even walk away from meetings if he felt like the crowds were too big and that he was going to be glorified. Just wouldn't show up. Duncan Campbell, William Seymour, John G. Lake, Maria Woodworth Edder, the Amy Simple McPherson, Smith Wigglesworth, and it goes on and on and on. These men and these women who were catalysts for their generation. Some were known for their great preaching. Some were known for their great praying. Others for the manifestation of of spiritual powers. But one thing is for sure, they all emulated the first and the greatest revivalist of all, Jesus Christ. They changed the shape of church and culture forever. But also in modern history, George Patton, Douglas MacArthur, both dreamed at an early age of becoming great military leaders. Devoting themselves to preparation, training, strategies to become great leaders of warriors. And without a doubt, the desire that they carried within them was placed there by God himself. At an early age that they would prepare their life. And then when the right time came, they, ra they, were, they, raised, they were raised for the challenge to free our world during World War II. The point I'm trying to get to is we are not here by accident. We're here on assignment. Because the same way today, God is creating and God is preparing a remnant of warriors that's going to emerge in this end time generation. And we will meet the spiritual challenges head on. And we will meet them with authority of heaven behind us. I want you to understand this. Because you see, until this time, God has always chosen men and women. God has chosen men and women down through church history down through modern history, down through revival history, God has chosen the one to be a catalyst that would ignite a nation or nations. But I have come to tell you what if this time God is not looking for a man and God is not looking for a woman. God is not looking for a person, but God is looking for a people. Yeah. 
somebody needs to hear me right now because you think you're just here holding on but because you got breath in your lungs and you still got fire in your soul you've been set here for such a time as this you are one of many that God is getting ready to use to shift awakening somebody shout yes Watch this. Let me hurry along. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation. You are. You are a royal priesthood. You are. You are a holy nation. You are. His own special people. You are. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who were worse not the people of God, but now the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Do you understand? Can you imagine what would happen if there are not just a handful but there are nations and there are literally churches full of people who are who know that they are called for this time, who understand that they carry the ability and the anointing and the power and the authority to literally shift the purpose of God over our country. Shift the purpose of God over this land I come to tell you if you can believe it it can happen can you imagine entering into cities and regions and nations that have been saturated with the glory of God the power of God and the presence of God because there's some men and women that showed up and put out their hands and released authority I'm trying to push us to a new level of understanding this morning that we must believe revival can affect everything. And taking territory is not a good idea. Taking territory is transformational. And I really believe the great need of the hour is transformation. You see, spiritual transformation can't take place in the context of natural means. Man-made strategies will never produce supernatural transformation. No matter how slick they are, no matter how promising they are, no matter how many people they can gather, gathering is not transformation. We all been around this block before we understand this human solution at best are temporary and flawed. Anything government can do for you will be temporary and flawed. Anything a powerless church gives you will be temporary and flawed. We are always limited and insufficient. To solve the desperate needs at hand. Please understand the darkness is covering the earth. Gross darkness to people. But we, the church, when our resources that God does give us are submitted to the supernatural God, then those resources become infinite and unlimited. You know, Jesus told them, I'm, I'm giving you authority. Now go preach the gospel. Go preach the gospel of the kingdom. See, the gospel provides the redemptive answer 
that goes to the root of our problem and brings transformation through God's presence and power. We must face this reality. The man's best effort will never be enough. We do all we can do for each other. And at best, we're scratching the surface. As the needs of cities spiral out of control because of the sinfulness and the depravity of human nature, the only hope is the gospel. Our cities are under the weight of darkness, under the weight of sexual immoralities and perversions, under the weight of abortion and political and government corruption, under the weight of social injustice, racism and violence and gender confusion, addictions of all kinds. Gross darkness has covered the people. The question is, will we take the darkness? And will we release light everywhere we go? The pain will only be resolved when a city, a region, a territory is transformed by the presence of God. People right in the middle of their pain need to encounter someone that has the authority in their hands to not only get them forgiven of their sin. I'm going to get in trouble, but I got to help somebody right here. Some of us, we, 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 we may need a paradigm shift when it comes to the gospel because we believe the whole purpose of the gospel. We believe the whole purpose of the finished work of the cross and the resurrection and the ascension is so we can be forgiven of our sins so I can put my faith in that act. That way I can be born again. But you got to understand that's just one phase of the gospel. That's not the whole gospel. The whole gospel is not only did he die and not only is my salvation where I get forgiveness of my sins and I become justified in the presence of God and sanctified by the spirit of God but you got to understand that this salvation also includes my deliverance and it also includes my healing if we don't have that paradigm then we get them we'll get them forgiven and walk away leaving them bound up in their sin leaving them broken up and you got to understand sin goes deep it's not just something up in your mind it gets down in the very fiber of your being when you are a sinner it gets down deep on the inside of you and it breaks things and it binds things and it messes things up when you come to the point of the gospel and you come to salvation you need somebody to preach the gospel but you all know you need somebody that can put their hand on you and break the power of the enemy and loose healing in your soul I submit to you that we're getting ready to see an awakening because God's about ready to lease a mass body of Christ upon this people planet.
No, see, you have to understand this. What, 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 what I'm talking about is not a program. It's not another ministry. It's not another strategy management plan. What I'm talking about is a revival straight out of heaven that brings transformation on all levels to the church and to society. And that, 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 that the God's presence will be so strong that people will not be able to deny a simple message of the gospel. But at the same time, receive the power of God that breaks and that heals and here's the deal many will do that in this building but I decree most of them will do that where you get up and you go to in the morning and you go to throughout the week that you're going to be surrounded by people oh they look good oh they look great oh they laugh oh they smile oh they act like they've got it all together but in reality they have been covered in gross darkness and until somebody shows up with the light to expose their sin and expose their pain and expose their brokenness and expose their bondage and puts their hand on them in the authority of Jesus Christ. Come on! Come on! Somebody shout yes! Stand up all over this building. I believe God is getting ready to unleash a lethal blow against hell. It's called an awakening. It's God's radical strategy. As Jesus dealt with his disciples... He said, today, I give you authority. Stop watching. Start doing. Now, he didn't need their help, and he doesn't need our help today. It's just his strategy. I'll have me an ecclesia. I'll have me a people. I'll have to fight for because I need them to equip and empower the catalyst. You can do it as good as anybody else can do it. Just be you. Don't try to be like the fightful. Quit looking for a microphone, a stage, and a pulpit. It's really not all that. Stop looking for somebody to prophesy your purpose over you. If you ain't close enough to Jesus to figure that out. You ever had anybody prophesy something over you? You're like, man, I don't know where that came from. He's like, really? You don't know me very well. I had somebody prophesy over me. I was going to be a great administrator. I was going to be over thousands. And I'm like, bro, you're. you're... <laughs> now, my wife, she could do that. 
She wakes up in the morning administrating. I wake up in the morning like it's a new day. I'm thinking, man, you got the wrong one. You need to skip over there. I really feel this strong. I'm not just trying to patronize. I'm not just trying. I'm telling you, this thing's going to break out through the hands of the redeemed, through the saints of God. It cannot be contained. It is going to be so massive. Do you understand? This is how you know when you shift from revival to awakening because everything takes on mass. Awakening can look like revival, but when it when a revival takes on awakening, it takes on mass like mass conversions, mass healings, mass deliverances. Everything just takes on mass. It, just, it gets bigger because it just broke out of the confines of the church. You know, Pastor Kim is not here today because she's back in California. She preached there last night, probably preaching the fire down right now. Trying to get revival started in California. Actually, it's in California. Somebody just needs to. We were there just a couple of weeks ago. We're headed down to Texas later this week. Be back for man up, though, guys. I got your back. You better be here because I'm flying in like Saturday morning to get here to eat breakfast with you. If you're not here, I'm going to be ticked because I got to get up real early. But it's worth it if you're here. So, So people are seeing what God is doing here and they say, would you come? Would you come and would you, would you, come and would you stir revival? And as, and as much as I, I wish I had that capacity, we do the best we can. We'll, come, we'll go anywhere. We'll do the best we can. But I'm sitting in the back in the green room during, during revival weekend and talking with Corey. And Corey says, you know what? We're talking about some different things. And he goes, you know, it really is. Fresh start. He said, fresh start really is about the people. Fresh start is not Paul and Kim Owens. Now, if I could get all of you on a plane. All of you on a plane. And take you everywhere they want revival. Now I think we could do some damage. Just me, we may get a little smoke. But with all of you, we'll get a fire. This is the point. You're in this house. You carry and wear the same mantle we, we carry. 
And if you do that, you already know it gets heavy sometimes. But it's worth it. Because that's where the anointing is. If we try to put on another mantle, it's not going to carry anointing on it. So I'm not time to placate. I, I, I just want you to know, I really, I really feel this in my spirit today. Welcome to a new dimension. Welcome to a dimension of visible manifestations at Harvest. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.